We'd like to thank our podcast sponsors for supporting our programs. Here's a quick message. Hi, I'm Rexy with Rx Safe. Let's talk about medication adherence. And with 72 million baby boomers now averaging 60 years old, adherence is truly more important than ever. As pharmacy owners, you know the staggering toll that non-adherence has on patients. Two-thirds of Americans with multiple prescriptions are non-adherent. This leads to an estimated 125,000 unnecessary deaths every year in the United States. In fact, up to one quarter of admissions to hospitals and nursing homes are caused by poor adherence. It is estimated that poor adherence leads to more than $500 billion each year in avoidable healthcare costs. Independent pharmacists are our best hope to help seniors properly take their medications. RxSafe has created advanced adherence technology that provides solutions. From pouch packaging to blister cards, we're there to support your patients and help them live independently for longer. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Everyone, welcome to the ResiPrep 360 podcast, The Road to Match Day series. I am your host, Sally Traori Ualaka, and this is your premier podcast for all things residency. This series was designed with you, the candidate, in mind to meet your needs and help guide you through the very convoluted residency process. On each episode, we talk about pragmatic ways to help you secure the position you want and bring you some insight from educators as well as thought leaders in the pharmacy residency space. I am so glad that you're joining us today and that you're here. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell all of your friends about the podcast. It is our hope to reach as many prospective candidates as possible. Thank you so much for being here. Help us spread the word and please enjoy today's episode. Good evening, everybody. I am so excited. I'm working on staying calm, cool, collected, and not geek out a little bit. I'm so excited that Dr. Katura Bullock is joining us. I'm so, so happy because this is something like I've wanted to do with her for a little while. And I think timing couldn't have been better because all of you are going through residency interviews right now. Um, welcome, 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 welcome to the Resi Prep Live, Dr. Bullock. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Uh, thank you for accepting. I was like really, really thrilled you agreed to join us. And it's totally accidental. We didn't coordinate at all that we're matching. To- <laughs> we, didn't coordinate, we didn't coordinate this at all that we're matching. But I am so, it, it looks cute. It looks cute on my end that like we're matching today. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> 
Welcome, welcome. If you're joining us live, please let us know in the comment um, that you can hear us well um, and that we are coming through for you. Um, there's going to be a lot of information getting shared in addition to um, just introducing you guys and having those of you who haven't had the pleasure yet of interacting with Dr. Bullock to get to meet her today. So if you can hear us or cannot hear us, um, let us know and then we'll work on trying to fix that for you. Um, welcome. This is the Ready, Resi Prep live streamline and podcast. I am joined today by Dr. Bullock, the founder of PharmD2B and editor in chief. I'm not going to get into too much about her because I do want you guys to hear directly from her. Um, my focus at Resi Prep is really just helping you guys turn um, the plethora of information that's out there available about residency and residency prep into pragmatic approaches so that you can maximize your chances of success as interview seasons unfolding. And so I am hoping to bring you a lot of really insightful conversations with people who've been at this a lot longer than me to offer all of us some insight on how we can all be successful. With that, Dr. Bullock, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Katora Bullock, and as uh, Sally mentioned, I am the owner and editor-in-chief of PharmD to be Guides. Um, so we've been up and running Oh gosh, it's now it's been a little bit over a year now. Time goes. Yay! <laughs> um, and so what um, I've been working on is producing um, essentially study guides um, of strictly focusing on pharmacy students. Um, so I have a, I've worked in a lot of different areas of pharmacy and I've yeah. been faculty in the past. Um, and through that experience, one of the things that I noticed is that pharmacy students, much like other students, are really great at kind of memorizing facts. We could tell you the half-life <laughs> of ferrosamide. They're so excited to tell you that. Um, but then when it comes down to applying that information to a patient, which is what we really want yeah. our students to be able to do, um, sometimes there's a gap. And that's through no fault of their mm -hmm. own, the students. Um, yeah. But it's just because patients are complex, yeah. they're ambiguous, they're complicated, they have the audacity to have more than one comorbidity. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so it's, it's hard. It's hard to balance all this information. Yeah. And so what I really wanted to be able to do was to assist students as they navigate yeah. um, like I said, moving from that very factual information that's often presented in the textbooks yeah. to how do I make that relevant to the patients that I am seeing on my rotations, yeah. on my exams, um, and in clinical practice. So what we have um, available is um, we have pharmacotherapy study guides. So if you think about your common disease states, we've got GI, we've got renal, we've got cardiology. We also have your fundamentals. So we have information on calculations. That's by far our yeah. most popular products. Yeah. Calculations. Yeah. Um, 
And we also have um, kind of things like kinetics, things like medchem, things yeah. um, like uh, pharmacology. So we really try to cover the basis of yeah. what a pharmacy student would see across the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all available as digital products. Um, mm-hmm. We really strive to make sure they're reasonable priced so that yeah. they are accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so check out our website. We're also available on Etsy. Um, yeah. And we are kind of also available on multiple social media platforms. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, because um, mm-hmm. we really want to be able to present kind of bite-sized information, again, that a student can apply to a patient. Absolutely. And that's why we needed her here. (laughs) And that's why we needed her here today. Um, Because that gap that that's that scary gap. Like, if you ask many student pharmacists, um, the download and regurgitate information, they are ready, like, they're ready to go. But these residency interview clinical challenge, it's about how do you apply these fundamentals to solving a patient problem? Um, So I think I wanted to start with that one first and your take or advice on how would a prospective candidate that is currently in the trenches, how should they go about preparing themselves with um, how to approach solving patient problems using knowledge they already have. I think it's really important for kind of your prospective residency candidates to know that to recognize and honor that they have a great deal of knowledge. Sometimes when you are applying for residency, you focus on the things that you don't know, but trust me as a fourth year pharmacy student, you know so much. And so a few things to remember is that one, um, the recognize the purpose of the clinical case um, when you get that on a residency interview, Mm -hmm. it is, not to kind of analyze every piece of drug therapy knowledge that you have. Like this is not the time those residency faculty members and the the people will be in the room during the interview. They are not truly wanting to know if you know every dose of Losartan. Right. (laughs) Is not to know if you can regurgitate and spit out all of the gram negative coverage of (laughs) like that is truly not their goal. They do want to know if you have a strong drug therapy knowledge base, but it's really not about the details. So I think being mindful of the fact that the students really have a good amount of practice every day when you are going to Appy's, you are practicing using this knowledge. Mm -hmm. So just tap into, know that like remember your confidence, like yeah, knowledge that you have. I think if you truly feel that you want to prepare, which I understand, they, they, <laughs> you yeah, recognize that the the odds are that you will see a common core disease state. Mm-hmm. You are going to see things like diabetes, hypertension, pneumonia, heart failure. Mm-hmm. Um, that Those are the disease states that you are going to see during a clinical case. Mm-hmm. It is not, you're not going to see viral meningitis. You know, you are, <laughs> you are not going to see like, 
I don't know, like glioblastoma. Like that's over. Yeah, right, 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 right. It, it's not going to be an obscure disease state where you're like, what was that again? <laughs> so if you truly, as a student, feel the need to prepare, think about like the common disease yeah. states um, and take again, be confident in the fact that you truly have the prerequisite knowledge that the kind of residency faculty and preceptors want to evaluate. Um, So truly it is about how can you present a patient case? So really it's about the thought process and your clinical reasoning and Mm -hmm. being able to present that out loud, yeah. more, again, more than your act, the detailed drug knowledge. Mm-hmm. So think about how, what information would you look for if you're given a patient history, what would you look for in this objective and objective? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, what clarifying questions would you ask mm-hmm. if there's missing information? Yeah. Um, so those are the things that's more about the process and your reasoning than the kind of specific detailed information, the, a process yeah. that you can apply to kind of any case, mm-hmm. as opposed to, again, like what is the preferred first line therapy for hypertension, if that makes right. sense. It makes right. perfect sense. And I think you touched on something that I try to, I try to tell students, but I don't think I explained it quite as well. So it's one thing for your ability to think through the problem and ha- even be further ahead and developing that plan. But how do you present and articulate that in a manner where you are truly conveying that I have good command or I have mastery of what this process, this disease state and these medication therapy um, problem is about. Um, And I really, I hope you guys are like hearing, (laughs) I hope you're hearing uh, Dr. Bullock, like when she talks to you about your confidence and really holding on to the stuff that you already have, like working on developing that further is never going to be a bad idea. But I think like that uncertainty, and I wanted to ask you like, from a faculty standpoint, um, what are some strategies do you think that you've employed yourself in working with students or that you've seen work over the years in helping them really overcome this one piece? Because it's so much more about how they feel about it than when they actually go through it. They're like, oh, that that wasn't that bad. It wasn't so bad. Yeah. yeah. I would say um, often it is the imagined, we tend to imagine that it's much worse than the reality. Um, I don't don't know. That seems to be just a human condition. (laughs) Same with my patients, you know, when I'm counseling them for insulin, you know, they'll be shaking. They're so afraid of the needle and and it's like they say, oh, it wasn't so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think first practice Practice, yeah. practice. So, you know, I think the the more times you can get yourself in that situation, even if it is simulated, yeah. you know, you can build up that confidence. So you can kind of tell yourself, I, you know, I can, I'm capable, I am confident. Um, so practice. Um, I do feel like um, find out, you know, what is positive for you. So some people find that affirmations are helpful. 
some people feel like they're, you know, feel quite silly. (laughs) If you feel like that is helpful for you, then by all means, shout them from the rooftop so that you feel that you are confident. I also think that um, just honor where you are in your professional journey. The entire reason that you are doing a residency is to continue learning. Yeah. So, um, um, as hard as it is, mm-hmm. it is unfair to yourself yeah. to compare yourself as a student to your preceptor <laughs> or yeah. even a resident. Yeah. You know, they are just naturally, they have more experience mm-hmm. and you know, by extension, more knowledge than yeah. you. And, and you, as a fourth year, have more experience and more knowledge than a first year. So Absolutely. to honor where you are in your journey um, and, you know, in, you know, just recognize so that, that comparison yeah. is what's difficult and it will be the enemy of your confidence. So yeah. always comparing yourself to people who are ahead, yeah. that, that will help, that will eat away at your confidence. Yeah. Um, just recognize that, you know, you have come so far. Um, and so and so, instead of comparing yourself to those who are ahead of you, compare yourself to where you were even a year ago uh-huh. and be grateful for all that you have learned. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is so good. I'm getting from this. <laughs> I'm getting from that advice and where I was a year ago and where I am now. Um, so much, so much growth to celebrate and just within a year. And I don't know that I take that time personally to reflect and appreciate how far I've come. Thank you for that, Jim. So some of the other questions that they tend, many students tend to ask me is, how comfortable should they be if their clinical case is missing something? So they've read the case. They really do feel like they have a good grasp on where the case is headed, but they think that they're missing a piece of information. Do you have any advice on how they could go about bringing that up or even teasing that out to the person who's proctoring this process for them? Yeah, I think this is a very common situation. Um, I don't want, I certainly can't put myself in the place of every single interview, but I do think it's a very common um, scenario for there to be kind of gaps in the case. Yeah. And part of that is, again, because when you are in practice, it would be great if your patients kind of presented, you know, every piece of information in a very clear, logical order. <laughs> but that's just not the reality. So you do often have to ask those clarifying questions or know where to go to get that information. So I do think it's very common for during a clinical case for there to be missing information so that, again, the faculty or the preceptors can evaluate if you are able, one, to identify those gaps, Mm -hmm. and then two, to be comfortable knowing how to identify your resources Um, So what you do not need to know, again, is every piece of information, but knowing how to use the best resources. So being comfortable saying, um, you know, I would refer to XYZ guideline. Mm -hmm. Um, 
even if you don't know the specific guidelines, so even if you don't know that this case is about diabetes and maybe the best place to go is the ADA guidelines, just to know that it would be appropriate to refer to kind of a current evidence-based guideline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that that's often better. Yeah. Than, it's always better to mm-hmm. refer to a resource than to make up an incorrect you know, answer. Always always better to refer to a resource than to make up an incorrect answer. Or something I've seen that's often, that's generally not great is like um, to reference a um, a, like a, a school professor or something you've, you know, you've heard personally, because they won't be there during your residency. No. <laughs> so, no. so something that, you know, is widely available. So, you know, micromedics, Lexicomp, a guideline, yes. you know, something that everyone can access, again, because this is about reasoning, you using clinical skills, you know, those are, that's a skill Using evidence-based medicine is a skill, so that's something that is able that that your residency program wants to be able to evaluate if you have that skill. Absolutely, like knowing your limits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> knowing yes. your limits. Like I know this, I know this, I know this. Like mm, I'm not sure about this exactly. one. Exactly. Let me Absolutely. call a friend. I'm not sure about this one. Like, where would you go? Um, one of the other questions that uh, I got sent to me directly was, what is your advice about guessing? If I have a case in front of me and I've read the case, I think I understand the case. I know the answer, but perhaps the question in front of me now is dosing. And I am not certain about the dosing. Can I guess the dosing or... Should I say that I'm not sure about this dose, but here is where I would go to find it? What is your advice on those two approaches? Oh, I would hands down say, I'm not sure, but this is where I would go. Or I would, something along the lines of, you know, this is, you know, my best guess or my, you know, this is what I believe is correct, but I would reference this to verify. Something that says, I'm making my best educated guess, but because I am not sure, you know, I would reference this or I would check here because you are not supposed to be the expert yet. Mm -hmm. Again, you know, honoring where you are in your journey. Again, Mm -hmm. the preceptors and the faculty, they respect (laughs) that Mm -hmm. you are a student and you are still a learner. There is absolutely nothing wrong with still being a learner. So Mm -hmm. it is perfectly fine and, you know, respectable and reasonable to say, you know, you know, this is what I think, this is who I believe, but here is where, you know, trust, but verify, (laughs) you know, yes, that's literally my slogan. But I believe, but here's what, because, you know, I've been practicing 15 years now. Oh my gosh. I still do that for, for, it would be, it it would be dangerous for my patients if I just, you know, entered doses blindly (laughs) and never checked. 
Yeah. So I would never expect a student to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, gosh. Trust but verify. And I always have to tell the students, like, on day one, it's not you, it's me. Um, I I practice with a, a low little key, a, a little key touch of paranoia. And that, the way I put that to rest, <laughs> the way I put that to rest is by making sure that I always take the time to verify. So don't feel any way about it. If I'm checking your work thoroughly, it's just, I live by trust and verify. That's, I just thought it was so funny that you literally said that (laughs) because all of my coworkers, like they literally make fun of me about that. Uh, One of the other questions that were asked um, was more particular. Actually, they wanted to learn about you. And I think you've touched on it a little bit, but they were curious, what inspired you to start FarmD to be guides? Uh, I truly, um, it it is, uh, was the awareness of the complexity of pharmacy. Um, I have seen from students both, you know, while I was faculty and I'm, you know, quite involved in precepting that um, there is a comfort in the memorization of facts. You know, we, you know, I am a professional flashcard maker. I will make you some beautiful (laughs) flashcards. Um, But, you know, often it's hard to kind of move from those flashcards to, you said, oh, wow, this patient is taking 20 meds and they have, you know, 15 disease states. And, you know, what do I do with all of this information? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, there is, there's a transition that often has to occur that can be challenging that, that yeah. can be, you know, getting, I always used to tell students, you know, get comfortable with it, that gray, you know, what, yeah. what do I do when there's three correct answers and, you know, I'm not sure <laughs> Yeah. You know, that, what, what do I do with that? And really helping to move through that process and, um, how do I develop those skills Yeah. I have to rely on me and again, being confident that I know how to make a good therapeutic decision. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I have to say, like, I was definitely one of those students. Like when I was asked on residency interviews, why I talked about that gap quite a bit, like the exams, the exams has one right answer. <laughs> it's not, you know, like, select all that apply. I know that the right things are going to stand out to me, but the idea that that was, or the expectation, it really was an expectation. I didn't expect that all of these exams that I took weren't going to translate seamlessly into like patient care. Um, And so I remember my first block just feeling like I got knocked off my feet because it was, it was an adjustment and it really, really was an adjustment. So like people interviewing now, it's what I try to tell them. You just like, it's a process (laughs) and you've only had six months of it. Like there's this second six months coming the expectations increase when you get into residency, but overall, I love this—the saying you just had about appreciating where you are in your journey, um, because I think they get mesmerized. Like they want to be able to just be called upon and do it, and and I'm like, 
I get that question like three times every day. I don't have to look it up anymore because it's so common, but it's yeah. your, it's week one for you. It's completely Absolutely. normal. Yeah. Yeah. Any last minute advice um, for them on, on how to tackle this? Because I don't know, I feel like you've covered like the major fundamentals of how they do this or how anyone would go through this and, and maximize their chances of success. Are there any other nuggets that we didn't talk about? I think the one thing I would say is, um, again, most students, or I'll, I'll speak for myself. I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I can remember my, you know, residency interview uh, process. And um, I, I might be known as a bit of a nervous Nelly, just a touch, just a touch. And, um, you know, you know, I'm one of those people that the more you tell me to calm down, like, ah. <laughs> I know it a little too well, unfortunately. So I will, I will say, I will preface this with do what I say, not as I do. But, you know, we talk a lot about preparing and how you can prepare, but I truly, you know, especially the night before, it is so much better to get a good night's sleep. It's so much better to get a good night's sleep and then Absolutely. show up at your interview like well rested yeah. with you know good energy, enthusiasm, focus. Yeah. Please, please, please do not be staying up the night before <laughs> trying to learn that one last dose or memorize another piece of the guideline, please don't do it. Again, I can tell you this because I was that person. Okay? <laughs> so, you know, they will not ask you the question you think you're getting ready for. No. Go to bed, get some rest. You know, yeah. it's so much better to be well rested and um, have a good energy, enthusiasm and focus than to feel like you need to, you know, still be preparing at the last minute. So yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> Thank ahead. you. Thank you so much. I, I, I'm going to pretend like I, I, I can't identify with the thing, <laughs> but I identify with it way too much, like much more than I care to admit, but I yeah. know what it is to just be, it's just that one little chapter. And yeah, if I can one finish one that, one yeah. One last thing. And then, yeah. Hours later, one chapter is five and you're still sitting up. So please just just listen to Dr. Bullock. Don't do that. That doesn't work. Yeah. Um, how can they find you? How can they find PharmD to be guides? Um, those that want to engage with you more, where can they find you? So uh Farm DDB Guides is on LinkedIn. We are on Instagram. Both of those, our handle is at Farm D2B Guides. I, I love, love, love hearing from students. It's been great. That's definitely been a bonus is to kind of yeah. reach out students and helping them through their journey, even just being able to be a positive like voice encouragement. Because yeah. I know that I benefited so greatly oh, <laughs> absolutely. mentors and I um, try very hard to be, uh, to mentor all that, all uh, kind of who come across my path. So yeah. feel free, my email, if you stop by my page, my email will be on there. Do not be shy. Send me a message. I try very hard to respond within 24 hours, you know, 
give me some grace if it's the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As soon as I can, I would really, truly love to hear from you. Oh, guys, please take, please take her up on it. I can tell you from personal experience, it's always so pleasant. It's always, always nice to speak with you. And again, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. I want, I want the students to hear from everyone and the different perspective, not just from me. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your wisdom and your expertise and the positive energy you always have. Like, I feel like, they they all need that right about now. <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. Bullock. Everybody, thank you for joining us live. If you're watching this on replay, thank you for watching. Let your friends know how to find Dr. Bullock, the PharmD guys. There's an Etsy boutique, um, but also don't hesitate to reach out to her. Um, trust me, you won't regret it. Thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful evening. Thank you. We'll see you guys later. Thank you for tuning in on this episode of the Road to Match Day series. We hope you learned something new on this episode um, that will help you along your journey to securing the postgraduate position of your dream. Help us reach more prospective candidates by telling your friends, your students, and your colleagues about the show. Next, leave us a comment and a review. This helps us identify topics that you find relevant that you'd like us to get into more or invite more guests to talk about in more detail, or perhaps you want a guest to return because you had so much fun. Don't forget to leave us a comment and let us know all about that. Thank you for listening to the show today and we hope you'll tune in again. Thank you.